Ladies and gentlemen, this show is brought to you exclusively by the Reality Check Podcast Network. Everybody, this is your co-host Dan Wangland from the People Under the Stairs, and I hope everybody is having a great day today, a great night wherever you are in the world. And myself and my wonderful co-host PJ Paul James Caden are going to be here with some very interesting pre-Halloween uh, discussion of some good stuff. How's it going, Paul? Are you there? I am here, man. I'm in the trenches with the uh, the spooks and the goblins and your favorite, the devil. <laughs> I, yes, for, for those of you who check out Paul's other show called The Spirit Side, he, I tease him about being a devil worshiper. <laughs> he is into like Satan big time this month. He is um, just amazing with that. And by the way, for people who want to see something, Paul, forgive me for uh, just throwing a mental aside out here. If you want to see one of the craziest, creepiest, silent movies that fit into this time of the year, that's, a, I mean, literally a film classic. It's Haxon by a Swedish uh, director. Paul, you've seen that, of course, haven't you? Yes. Yes. It is, it is beyond creepy. <laughs> it is uh, the cinematography and the imagery on that. Anybody who's a student of filmmaking has to see Haxon. Uh, and, uh, it, it is a classic, and you can get it on YouTube, uh, and it'll be on, Net I believe it's on Netflix or Prime Video. It's free. You just do a search on it. And um, again, it's, it's a, a famous, famous piece of uh, cinematic work, and has all, everything to do with witchcraft and the Inquisition and hobgoblins and devils and everything just dreadful. And it, of course, it's a, it's a silent thing. It's got... Um, you know the the again the cinematography is just phenomenal on it. It's a it's a 
a creepy, creepy thing. And if you like spooky things, there you go. Uh, today's show, and I'm going to, uh, you know, uh, bounce this one over to Paul with some some stuff because he's a, I, I think he's probably an expert on on many of these things where I'm not. But uh, it has to do with urban legends. I was telling that to Paul this week. I said, gee, you know, I, I'd like to, to do a show on urban legends and some of the urban legends that have to do with Halloween coming up. And man, there's a million of them. Uh, you know, I'm not familiar with most any of them, a few of them I've seen, but uh, these are the ones that are persistent, that uh, have not died a death yet. And uh, they're quite fascinating and it makes for a great show uh, in my mind. So what do you think about urban legends, Paul? Do you think that's uh, that, that's up there with the paranormal uh, experience so that where, where people, there's sometimes there's an element of believability to some of them? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's a great topic for uh, this time of year. I mean, I'm certainly not an expert. I know uh, uh, probably a handful more than most people with, you know, digging into this kind of thing over the years and being fascinated by, uh, you know, ghost stories and all that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, some of them make you think. Some of them make you think. Are they urban legend or is the legend based on reality? And I know one we're going to talk about is the uh, the black dog. Yeah, and, uh, I've, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard some very, uh, very interesting stories about that. Where you know people didn't even know what the black dog was, but ended mm -hmm. up seeing something that kind of uh, scared the crap out of them. Right. It, it was one of the ones I had. To, I, I made a list here over the past couple of days, things that I wanted to talk about. And man, you, you that was number two, baby. The number one, and I want to. I'll go back to with Paul because he sort of is the black eyed children, but the um, or the children with black eyes that it's you know they they describe it differently black eyed kids, but the black dog is up there and it seems to be uh, it's part of the folklore of Great Britain and Ireland. Is that how you understand it, Paul? Yes. And and what the hell is the black dog? It's also called black shuck or old shuck. Well, which one did you, did you want to go with the black eyed children or the black dog? <laughs> go with, go, no, you came, I, I was just throwing the black. I didn't want to forget about the black eyed children because I was talking to you about that yesterday, the uh, uh, you know a couple of days ago a little bit. But go with the black dog. I mean, you know, I have some information here in front of me. I want to see what, what your interpretation of it is. Yeah, I, I definitely want to get to the back to the black eyed children because I have some uh, you know some cool things there too, but. Uh, the, the black dog, from what I heard about it, um, I don't remember what part of the world it was from. Some people said that it was, uh, I, I think some people said that it was even something from the Native Americans or some such thing. Mm -hmm. But I know that it's this, uh, this dog, sometimes he looks pretty regular, except his eyes may be very bright. And other times he, he looks like there's definitely something wrong or sinister uh, about him and uh the stories that i've heard and i don't i think this was a documentary but uh me and my wife were watching it and they had these uh, a lot of truckers you know they never heard about this before and they're out on the road late at night all by themselves and they go to rest stops or they you know they're just kind of you know driving and uh you know, when they're all by themselves at a, at a rest stop or, or, or driving down the road and here's this black dog 
suddenly sitting in front of the truck or sitting in the middle of the road. And they stop. And again, some of them report, you know, he looks kind of normal, but there's something about the eyes. You know, the eyes seem to be almost uh, luminescent. And yeah. others say oh, there, there's something eerie about this dog. He doesn't look right. He looks kind of sinister or like something that uh, maybe crawled up out of the, the bowels of hell, the, the, the devil dog. And, uh, you know, some of these uh, some of these truckers have said, you know, they, they thought about getting out of the truck because, you know, they're animal lovers. Here's this dog in the middle of the road or sitting in front of the truck at a rest stop, you know, in the middle of nowhere where he's all alone. And they suddenly just get this feeling like something is very wrong and something's very wrong with this dog. Don't go out there. And uh, at that point, most of them would just, you know, leave the rest stop or bypass the dog and keep on going. And then they found out later on about this urban legend about this uh, this dog. Now, I don't remember exactly what he uh, is supposed to do if you do approach him. You know, most of what I heard is that he's just kind of there and he's very creepy. I've never heard about in my uh Things that I've heard anyway, I've never heard about anybody actually approaching a black dog. So I don't know what would happen if uh, if they did, allegedly. Well, I've got some information on that. See what happens when you research these things. But you had a lot of uh, you had a lot of good stuff, um, you know, anecdotally on that. Uh, here's what I found on it. Uh, and this is a creepy one. This is good if you're listening to the show, if you want to scare the living bejesus out of your kids or your guests. This would be a good one to uh, make up a story about. And it's very similar to um, um, the uh, Sherlock Holmes tale of Hound of the Baskervilles. Mm-hmm. Because the black dog is essentially a nocturnal apparition. It only happens at night. Mm-hmm. And uh, the location of this, this generated, like I said, in England. And the, the old Shuck is a black dog or called Shuck. That's also a version of the black dog. And that's from East Anglia. That's from um, uh, Suffolk and Norfolk and Essex uh, in England. But here's the, you were right on this one. It's associated with Paul's favorite person, the devil. (laughs) The dog is a hellhound. And uh, it has uh, glowing eyes uh, in most cases. And here's one of the things. When you're out on a dark night and you're walking down a road someplace, maybe in Canada. This is for Cat Ward. Or maybe for Paul and I in upstate New York here, it certainly is near the woods. I live near the river. If there's an electrical storm, this is one of the times that that uh, hellhound seems to be um, more prevalent. And you might see it with the glowing eyes. Uh, the other thing is that it's this is where the truckers come in, Paul. It's associated with crossroads and ancient pathways. And here's the kicker for it, with places of execution. Mm. In the old days, they used to hang people or, you know, uh, when they were killed someplace else, they'd hang their body parts at the crossroads. They'd hang them up on the gallows for everybody to see. The, uh, The ghost dog is also, if you come to this ghost dog and you walk up to it or approach it, its appearance was regarded as a portent of your death. So if you're seeing the black dog, that ain't a good thing, man. Now, see, this uh, this is very interesting, if I may uh, interject. 
Uh, let me check this out. Lady, uh, I have an audience here today. Everybody, is it okay if Paul hijacks the show here? Yeah, go ahead, Paul. <laughs> um, my uh, my brother, I, I used to live in a place called uh, Middletown. It was Orange County, New York. Oh, yeah. And uh, my brother, at one point, he lived in New Jersey. And it was about an hour to get from, you know, Middletown to his house or vice versa. And uh, when he would come, you know, to, to visit in Middletown for like the holidays or come up for a weekend, mm-hmm. you know, he'd get on the highway, then eventually on these back roads, we should go through a little town called Westtown, New York, Unionville, mm-hmm. where he used to live. And, you know, come out to where my parents live. Well, one night uh, they were heading back to Jersey, my brother and my my sister-in-law. And uh, they, they were heading up through Westtown and they, they uh, stopped at a stop sign, made, made a right. And uh, as they went up the road just a little bit, my brother said there was this huge black dog sitting on the side of the road. And. You know, he glanced at it as we went by, but my sister-in-law was looking at it and he, and he looked at her and he said, what the hell was that? And she said, I don't know, but it looked really weird. And it was looking right at me as we passed by and it was showing its teeth like it was snarling at her. Mm-hmm. And my brother said this thing was huge. Sitting there on the ground, it, it was, you know, it could look right into the, the car window. This thing was huge. And, uh, you know, he, he tells this story. When you talk about the crossroads, guess where this thing was? At right the crossroads. At a, right at a crossroads. Mm-hmm. So that's really, uh, that's really interesting. Uh, the, the, let me tell you, folks, uh, you know, Paul, I'll tell you the truth. I don't think we're going to get just one show out of this. I think this is something we should go. We're, we're, there are quite a number of these and quite a number of these very interesting uh, urban legends that don't seem to die uh, all over the world. These are just the American ones and the European ones that follow us over here. This black dog uh, thing is, uh, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty darn creepy. Uh, What about uh, uh, the uh, black eyed children, Paul, the black eyed kids, as it's called. What's all that about as you understand it? I mean, I have some information here on it, but you know, I'll add to it. What, what do you understand about these black eye kids? Well, with them, the, the people claim that, uh, you know, some people are sitting in their car, you know, like they're leaving work late at night and, you know, these kids will show up or a kid and, uh, you know, ask them for a ride. Uh, but there's something wrong with the kids or their eyes are very dark uh, or they'll come knocking on their door and say, you know, can we come in? Can we use your phone? Uh, but again, they, they, they talk very monotone. Their eyes are are black. And they say, if you let them in. Uh, now, I've heard stories of people who, who said, well, you know, at first that they didn't think anything was wrong. And they let this this uh, child come into their house to use the phone. And uh, afterwards, uh, they were uh, haunted by a lot of poltergeist and very violent paranormal activity. Ah. Uh, so whether that be, uh, you know, uh, true or not, some people swear to it. But a lot of people say that they've had these black eyed kids approach them uh, in an empty parking lot, you know, leaving, leaving work, you know, office building. They're the only car there uh, coming to their door. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're uh, again, their origins uh, escape me. It's 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 a long, a long time. And I don't, uh, 
you know, you're the research man, so I leave all the facts and figures to you over there. Well, that's that's okay. And and I loved I you know, I think this is a great approach that we use because it's nice to hear what people know anecdotally, you know, what they've been told or what they've heard. I mean, you don't want to research oh. every single thing. And then when you research something, the research many times confirms it, or you can see where it comes from, or it adds something new to it. Now, you know, there uh this black eyed children uh thing. They don't have a, a place of origin. It seems to be that these kids, though, have a couple of things in common in the uh, stories. They're never younger than at six, and they're never older than 16. And they have pale skin and black eyes. And like you said, they're seen either hitchhiking or panhandling, or they're encountered on the doorsteps of residential homes. Mm-hmm. You know, and it says that this is an urban myth that hasn't been around for a long time, but it started in the 90s about these black eyed kids. So, uh, hmm, I don't know, Paul, could this be one of these extraterrestrial kind of things? Well, you know, I, I was looking online before we started the podcast uh, about ghost children, you know, so yeah. there's... There's various ghost children in various forms that have been seen throughout the ages. Yeah, I've never and thought of that. Yeah. Maybe this is just one of the, uh, uh, you know, one, one of the uh, manifestations of it or legends of it. Yeah. You know, this is the wonderful thing for me. Now, again, I'm not a paranormal expert. Uh, I would say that Paul is. Paul is very knowledgeable and, and uh, you know, you know, as a has a long history with this. For me, it's very easy for me to, to, to jump into things on extrasensory perception. And I love investigating these things and, and looking at them as if, you know, if many of them, you know, what, what, you know, you know, what, what are the possibilities for things? But I never thought about that with the, um, you know, the, you know, the idea that this might be kind of a ghost for lack of a better term. And, you know, when we've talked to the people that have been professional paranormal investigators, uh, we've had a couple of shows on that. I, I was listening to a show with a couple of friends of mine who, I mean, who do this legitimately. Uh, they're very serious about it. And I did not know, uh, you know, not only when they're doing these paranormal investigations, are they dealing with uh, human beings, but they're also dealing with animals and other spirits mm-hmm. or apparitions. So uh, this black eyed children thing uh, and and the ghost dog, you know, the black dog. Uh, you know, we, we talk about different possibilities, different, you know, dimensions, different levels of consciousness. Um, gee, you know, this one doesn't have, you know, the black eyed children doesn't have this kind of like weird thing to it. Like they're going to kill you or do this or that. It's just that these weird beings kind of show up like a spirit in these particular settings. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I never thought about that, um, for those people who are like me, who are not paranormal experts, but like to delve into the stuff, I think that's um, that's a, a, a nice, creepy thought, man. There's there's one that I found. Have you ever heard, Paul, if I'm, if I'm not jumping around here, because about the ankles slicing car thief? No, I never heard of that one. Now, this is a big one. It's it's also called the man under the car. Have you ever heard about that one? That's another mm-hmm. one. Now, see, I got I got a new one for you, and it kind of ties into this thing. This is an urban legend where it, it tells when you're driving the car, you hear a noise under your car while you're driving. 
And when you step out of the car to investigate, guess what happens? Your ankle gets sliced open with a knife. And when you're rolling around on the ground in pain, this apparition like a car thief emerges from underneath the car and steals it. Mm. And this is kind of a big uh, urban myth. And when when did this start? It doesn't have a date when this has started. And it doesn't have a particular country, although this one sounds like this is an American one. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at a list of, uh, if there is such a thing, of reputable urban legends. (laughs) They're really, they're, they're fascinating to me. And this one ties into one. Have you ever heard of the Black Volga? No, never heard of him either. No, this is this is a car. This refers to a black Volga limousine that you know allegedly comes around uh, at, at specific times when you're vulnerable and it abducts people. It's a Volga. That's a mm-hmm. Russian car, especially children, kind of like the boogeyman, right? Kind of sounds like the uh, the show that's on. Uh... I think it's FX that was in the the uh, ran during the summer, uh, Nosferatu. With uh, it was a, a book by Stephen King's son, and he drives around in an old uh, an old wraith automobile, and he abducts children. <laughs> wow! Yeah, yeah, that that could be based on that. Uh, that's another one for me. Uh, it's not necessary. This is a you know one for all the seasons, but there's a good one to scare the bejesus out of your kid on Halloween, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you think? Saying, hey, Billy, when you're out there playing in the yard, if you see a black Volvo, you know, a black limousine, you know, take off for the hills, man. Otherwise, we may not, we may not see you again. Have you ever heard, Paul, of the bunny man? I think I've heard of that one in passing, but I, you know, there's all these animal men out there and some are relatively few <laughs> that I have paid too much attention to. Lay it let on me, me. I'll tell you. Part of it. Let, let me throw out the bunny man, and then I want to hear the other animal. Can we tell me some of the animal ones that you have that, that tie into this? But let me just do the bunny man real quick. The bunny man's an urban legend, and this one's from America. It's from Fairfax County in Virginia, and goes back to the seventies. And it's uh, it's been spread all through Washington D.C. And it says there's many variations to this legend, but most of them have a. The one about a man wearing a rabbit costume, a bunny suit. And what he does is when you see him, it's kind of like killer clowns from outer space. (laughs) Once you see him and you think it's kind of funny for a second, then he attacks you with an axe. (laughs) We're going to have to get Steve Stockton or you to write a story about Bunny Man. I wish I would have had these. Uh, you know, I, I wish I would have known you when, when the kids were growing up, Paul, because I, I would make up many stories like the a little Christmas tree. I think I've told that to made my kids cry. And, you know, it was a, a funny story about the, the little Christmas tree. I, I would have had stories with the bunny man and the, the limousine. I didn't know <laughs> these things existed at the time. Now, what other animal uh, men do you know, Paul? What are some of the urban myths that that kind of fit in along this maybe a little creepier or a little more popular? Oh Jesus! There's a ton of them. There's, I mean, there's Dog Man, there's Lizard Man. I think there's a Rat Man. Um, there's another one I just heard of that that was kind of humorous. It was something like uh, the the Possum Man or some such thing of the the swamp. 
So mm-hmm. there's the, you know, pretty much if there's an animal out there, there's probably a, there's probably an urban legend of you know squirrel man, bird man. Well, there's mm-hmm. definitely you know plenty of bird men out there. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of the killer in the back seat known as high beams? I have heard of that. That one's an old one, right? Uh, yeah, it, it's it, it's been out there for quite a while in the United States and, and, and uh, the United Kingdom. But what do you what do you know of it? How, how would you interpret it for people? The killer in the back seat or high beams? Yeah, the, this is one I heard of, but it's it, it's it feels to me like it was a long time ago. The 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 killer in the back seat guy that pops up, but that, that's about all I remember of it. But I've heard of it, but I don't know a whole lot about it. Well, th- that's one version. It's as simple as that. That's why they could, evidently they call it the killer in the back seat. Uh, this is where um, it, it's, it happens to women. And they're always driving by themselves and they're trying to make their way home. And uh, somebody's trying to warn them behind them with high beams, flashing the lights and flashing the lights that there's somebody in the back seat. And it's either a murderer, a rapist or an escaped mental patient. And each time the man sits up to attack her, the driver behind uses his high beams to scare the killer. And uh, then evidently what happens is uh, he stopped doing it. And, uh, you know, the person gets killed. Or the other version is, uh, you know, the woman keeps turning around and uh, the, the, you know, is driving the car and can't stop the car. And the killer keeps going underneath the seat, you know, the, underneath the seat and the high beams keep going back and forth. You know, keeping the story, the person in the story on the tip of their on the tip of their um, toes there. But uh, there's a creepy one that has uh, nothing to do with the killer in the back seat. Have you ever heard of the licked hand? No. Oh, Jesus, this is. <laughs> Are you enjoying these as much as I am? I am. I like popping these out. Yeah, th- th- these are crazy, man. I've been I've been looking at these all over the place, and uh, the licked hand is known sometimes also as uh, I'm just looking at my notes here. It says the doggy lick or humans can lick too. This is an urban legend that's is popular amongst teenagers, and in the story or in the legend, it's it's about a killer who spends the night under your bed, and it's primarily a girl's bed. And as she's sleeping, her hand goes over the side of the bed and he starts licking her hand. Uh, and then she thinks it's a dog and she offers her hand and he takes licks of her hand and may or may not decide to kill her. Mm. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had my hand over the side of the bed and have my hand hand licked by a cat or a dog or something like that. <laughs> so for you people who have heard this show now and are going to go to bed tonight, you've got one of those cats or dogs that uh, my cats will get right up on your chest and look you eyeball to eyeball. That's the scariest thing when you wake up on that. But uh, if you have one of your animals licking your hand, this one will make you poop your pants. After you think about this one, you'll think it's uh, Charles Manson under the bed there. So do you have any, uh, you know, we've got a million here, Paul. Do you, do you have any other special ones for Halloween that you like or, uh, you know, any, um, any ones that you think are really uh, scarier than hell? Any urban legends? Well, the, the licked hand makes me think of a, a story uh, that I'd want to tell. 
Tell it. And this was uh, probably when I was um, maybe 10 or 11. And uh, my, my cousin came to spend the night. And, you know, he slept in the bedroom. You know, usually if, it's, if a friend or, you know, somebody slept over one of the cousins, uh, we take turns. You know, we had bunk beds. So my brother would sleep one time, then I would sleep, you know, the next time somebody slept over, the other would sleep in the living room on the couch. And, uh, you know, so I was out on the couch and, and I was up against the wall facing the front door in the living room. And there was a diamond shaped window in the uh, the top of the, the front door. And it was a full moon because it was kind of bright. You know, you could see it through the, the diamond shaped window. And I heard uh, I heard my brother and my, and my cousin, you know, uh, kind of whispering that they were going to like try to sneak out and scare me in the night. So I was prepared mm-hmm. all night, you know, for. Uh, for for them to uh, sneak out and do something and uh at one point during the night i i woke up and i, I was looking at the uh the the window at, at the top of the door and something peeks over the side of the couch now we had a cat and i thought about reaching out and like you know touching the cat but then i'm looking at it and i'm thinking to myself Man, the ears seem awfully long. You know, they, they were like really long and pointy. And it's just like this little head with these long pointy ears is just looking side to side. And then it goes back down, you know, on the floor, you know, where I couldn't see it anymore. Mm-hmm. No, no one came in the room. No one left the room. Nobody crawled out of the room. You know, nobody could be that quiet. You know, and when I thought about, you know, grabbing it, I thought maybe it was my brother or my, mm-hmm. my cousin or whatever, you know, and, and I was going to like grab it. But then, you know, like the uh, the people with the black dog, I just had this sense of, man, don't do it. It was just like this sense of ominous dread, like, you know, uh, do not touch whatever that is. So I just laid there until it went away. But yeah, could it, maybe it was the licked hand. Maybe it was looking to get me. <laughs> Good day, man. It could be. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Some pointy-eared, uh, weird-looking uh, thing down there. It could be, but uh, I, I, I don't know about you, boy, but I hope the listening audience is getting some great ideas. Again, uh, I, just as a psychologist, I would just want to point out that uh, younger kids are very vulnerable to stories like this, so they're the good ones to harm with these stories. <laughs> <laughs> Or if you get an adult that, uh, you know, is in a bad frame and uh, of mind and, and, you know, maybe is, uh, you know, three sheets to the wind from too much celebrating for Halloween, maybe you could put these ideas in their head and scare the bejesus out of them. Uh, you know, there's a couple of very creepy ones. I just got bit by a, uh, by a, uh, a yellow jacket. And this is uh, two or I guess two days later, 72 hours later. And the damn thing is still hurting. And I must have met now five or six people in the past few days have been, been stung by bees in the Northeast here. And I think it has to do with the climate change and all the crazy stuff going on. I mean, it's like a summer's day out here again today. And uh, it's very late in the season for that. However, there is uh, an urban legend uh, for Halloween and then another one, a regular one. Uh, one is called the spider bite. I'll give you the spider bite first. Have you ever heard of this one, Paul? No, I, don't, I haven't heard of that one. 
I, and again, I'm not trying to put Paul on the spot, folks. It's just that Paul knows a lot. These there are a million of them here. So if you know more than a handful, you, you'd have to be immersed in this. But this is basically a European one that started in the 70s. And what it's about, it's, it's, it's about a young woman who gets bitten on the cheek by a spider. And she complains and complains. And everybody says, oh, you know, it's no big deal. These things happen. I swell up. The bite swells up into a large boil. And while she's there having dinner or with other people uh, around, the boil bursts open and it reveals hundreds of baby spiders escaping from her cheek. I actually do know about that one because uh, there's a there is a book called Scary Tales to Tell in the Dark. And uh, it's I think the last name of the author is, is Schwartz. And he did a take on that. Uh, a take on that story in the book and there's mm-hmm. actually a there's actually a movie out uh it'll be out i think for uh to buy on on video mm-hmm. um you know the 22nd of this month and that's that's one of the stories where the girl gets bit and it swells up and then the the spiders come out of her face but yeah he he based that on uh on an urban legend See, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. I told you he'd know that. Do you remember many years ago? I don't know what show it was on, whether it was Boris Karloff's Thriller or it was the remake of The Twilight Zone about the earwick. Did you ever did you ever see that one? It was with the famous actor Lawrence Harvey. And he wanted to kill uh, his wife's lover. Uh, or whatever it was, and you know, he went to uh, one of these people, and they had a thing called an earwick, and they said, "What the hell is an earwick?" And they said, "You'll never get convicted uh, of murdering anybody, and it's the most exquisitely painful death. Nobody can survive this. They'll suffer the tortures of hell for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it's like a little uh, maggot that you put in the person's ear, and it burrows from one side of the ear through your brain to the other side and comes out your ear." And they say nobody survived. Anyway, he takes his wife's lover and slips in his bedroom and puts the earwick in the guy. And uh, sure enough, the earwick goes in there and, you know, the guy goes horribly insane with the pain. He goes out of his mind. And, um, you know, it goes on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then he dies this horrible death and out crawls the earwick at the other side of his ear. Right. So you got a couple of uh, minutes left in the show and you're saying, boy, the son of a gun, he got away with it. And then uh, all of a sudden he's laying down and he's sleeping and his wife, obviously, who he didn't kill, but he killed her lover. uh, He's sleeping and she puts the earwick in his ear. And uh, it goes through his ear and you see him suffering the torments of hell for week after week after week after week. And the earwick comes out his ear, and he is the one in a million that has survived the earwick. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, he sits there and he's suffering and, you know, the, uh, you know, he, he's, he can't believe that he survived this and he's going to fix her and everything else like that. And the doctor comes in and he says, I can't believe it that you've made it, you know, and he says, but I've got some, you know, I've got some bad news for you. And he says, what could be the bad news? I've just survived it. He says, the earwick that was went through your ear was a female earwick and it laid babies. Yeah, I remember that. I saw that when I was a kid. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. 
and and and, and then you hear that that thriller music or whatever it was like, <laughs> it was like oh man jesus so not only was he going to go through all that again it was uh you know dozens of them going through his ears so that whole image of something crawling in your ear and going through your brain it's kind of like that song by Cypress Hills, right? Insane in the membrane, man. Insane in the brain. Uh, all those things. But, uh, you know, there's another one that has to do with uh, spiders. And it's called, and it's a Halloween urban myth. And it's called the spider wig. And it's about a girl, a teenage girl who goes to a party and she, uh, you know, puts her costume on and uh, puts this wig on. And is uh, carrying on, and uh, they're judging the costumes. And as they judge the costumes, she wins, and she's got this beautiful wig. And as she goes to take her hat and wig off, it, the wig is completely made of spiders, uh, and uh, you know, all over her, obviously. So pretty disgusting, pretty disgusting stuff. So I don't know about you, Paul, but uh, you know we—that's th- about a million that, that I, I've thrown out there. I don't want to go crazy with people. I know one popular Halloween legend that's still going on really quick is poison candy. That's still out there. That uh, oh, no. you know, the pixie sticks are full of cyanide. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> all kinds of things out there. Do you have any? Uh, uh, do you have any that you want to throw out there? Uh, I think I want to just throw out, you know, that that particular book that I was talking about. It's mm-hmm. Scary Stories Tell in the Dark by Alvin Schwartz and the artwork by Stephen Gamel. And this was uh, was actually the, the guy based a lot of the stories in this book. It, w- it was a children's book, but some of the stories, uh, you know, even adults found a little creepy in, in the artwork. Have you ever seen this book, Stan? No, I have not. Oh, man, you, you have to take a look at it. The, the, this book was actually banned at one time from libraries and schools because mm-hmm. the, the artwork, you know, this uh, the Stephen uh, Gamble that done the, the, the artwork, mm-hmm. some of it's just like dark and creepy, you know, and, and they actually released a copy of it with uh, without his artwork in it. And, and people, you know, went insane. And then they just re-released a hardcover with, uh, with his artwork back in it. But mm-hmm. if you want to, if you want to read some stories based on uh, really creepy urban legends, uh, look up Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark by Alvin Schwartz. Make sure the uh, the artwork is by uh, Stephen Gamble. And it's 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 definitely worth a read uh, mm-hmm. for the legends uh, and the artwork uh, is it's you know, I have a copy of the hard uh, the hardback that just came out with the artwork because mm-hmm. I, I just artwork is worth having it's it's uh it's black and white artwork it's some of the most bizarre things you've ever seen that this guy drew for it and a you know yeah. a book for it's about scary stories and urban legends and uh it's it's really uh it's a good one for halloween yeah and just to creep people out just a little bit here it's it's just a few seconds. Uh, one of the things that's listed as an uh, an urban legend uh, and com- completely a myth is sewer alligators. You know, uh, where there are reports of alligators, uh, you know, sightings and you know drains and sewers and toilets and things like that. They say New York City and everything else like that. Hey, news alert, folks! And I, I know Paul's. I, I, he would have jumped in there if I wouldn't have said it. 
that actually happens with some regularity in Florida and other places. Am I accurate or not with that, Paul? Because they've actually found stuff crawling up through the sewer pipes, snakes. Yeah, they, they said they, they, they found uh, things down there that people got them in babies and, uh, you know, flushed them down the toilet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and, but uh, you know, cases actually on the, the news. I've actually seen cases on the news and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, the, and, alligators in the sewer where they yeah. uh, flushed them when they got too big. Yeah, which, which uh, that's just to creep people out to make you a little uh, feel a little bit nutty. And uh, if if just to keep it a little bit uh, more in that area, the vanishing hitchhiker is one or a ghostly uh, hitchhiker or a disappearing hitchhiker or phantom hitchhiker or simply the hitchhiker. This is an ultra uh, an urban legend when people are traveling. uh, It was on one of the Twilight Zones, the original thing where you see the hitchhiker on the side of the road. In this one, you actually pick up the hitchhiker. They get in the car. And, uh, you know, you're dealing with them and you're going a distance and then, you know, you, you let them out and the hitchhikers vanish in front of you. They kind of uh, just kind of go in a puff of smoke or walk into the mist and uh, away they go like they were never there. Mm-hmm. So uh, pretty crazy stuff. But uh, what fits into this just to scare you is... Uh, I, I think I've told you this in the UFO stories, Paul. My good friend, uh, John Clark, who was a psychiatrist, was riding home from LaGrange, Georgia, when this orb, a ball of light she had seen in the sky, came down on the windshield of his car as he was driving. And when he stopped, just dissolved and, you know, flew away. And... Uh, I guess you're saying, what does that have to do with the hitchhiker? The same kind of thing where some physical entity, uh, whether it be an orb, a ball of light, a person or something else, something appears out of nowhere that you actually physically see it or get involved with it. And then it just vanishes and disappears. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I kid you not on that. That's from a trained psychiatrist, uh, you know, and an MD. For real. And I, I think I told you on the other story, I teased him about that. I said, well, you know, that's the, the people have marked you with that. He didn't appreciate that at all. Yeah, and you know, the, it, it shook him up is what I'm trying to say. The, the vanishing people, I mean, uh, where I used to live when I was a kid, I always say that the, 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 the neighborhood was like the Amityville Horror when I was between the ages of like 15 and 15, you know, everybody. You know, and, and I think, uh, you know, there, there were reasons for that I, w- I won't get into. But mm-hmm. when I was about 15, there was this Catholic church down the road from uh, my parents' house. And we used to go down there and hang out. We'd ride our bikes. We'd go for walks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was uh, walking down there one night. It was it was about uh, about dusk. You know, it wasn't it wasn't completely dark. You know, it was, uh, you know, still light enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I walked up the hill. I was behind the uh, the Sunday school building. I used to, uh, you know, be in, a, you know, into boxing, weightlifting, mm-hmm. and, and I used to take a jog down to the to the churchyard, and I do like sit ups and push ups behind them in the Sunday school building, and then jog back home. And uh, so I jog down there, and I'm I'm doing some push ups, and you know, I get up off the ground, and I hear somebody running toward me. I hear footsteps, and I and I turn, 
and I see somebody like running toward me and I'm thinking, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, one of my friends uh, saw me come down to the church and, and followed. And, uh, you know, I see this person, you know, running and they, they leap up into the air when they're about maybe four feet, five feet from me. They leap up into the air and just they were gone. They, they, they just completely evaporated. Wow. You know, jump evaporated that they were gone. And that, that was the weirdest thing. And I never seen anything like it since. But talking about, you know, people that uh, vanish and disappear. Uh, mm-hmm. There was there was a lot of weird stuff in that churchyard. I'll tell you what. <laughs> mm-hmm. Could be the Slender Man. The you know that the the funny thing is, you know, a, after it happened because it happened so fast, I, I heard the, the the feet running across the uh, the ground, and when I looked, you know, that they, they were already kind of close, and they they kind of leapt up into the air, and and it mm-hmm. it did look, you know, to me. Afterwards, it did look that I mean, they weren't overly, overly tall, but it looked like somebody who was like, you know, kind of tall and like really, really th- like thinly built, like an Ichabod Crane kind of build. Mm-hmm. Like and, the Slender uh, Man. Yeah. So yeah, who knows? Well, for all you people who like to jog late in the evening when it's nice and cool in the summer, when the sun goes down on a nice path in the woods. Or in the fall, taking a nice early morning walk in the mist. Or maybe at night after you've had dinner, you want to take what they used to call a nice constitutional. You know, the sun has gone down. Maybe you're going to come home and put a little fire on or something like that. Maybe you got those little lights, running lights for your head. Or you want to take a little jog down the trail. Or maybe just a nice, peaceful walk in the fresh air. I don't know if I do that. I don't know if I do that by myself. Not until after maybe Halloween's over, or uh, or you or you have some you know methods that you know that you can combat some of these things. I don't know. What do you think, Paul? Do you think it's awful safe out there? Do you think there's an element of risk? Well, there, there's always an element of risk. I mean, there there are definitely things out there that you know uh, we occasionally see and we don't understand. Um, just another quick story talking about being out for a constitutional. Uh, there was, this was me and a friend of mine in, in, in the eighties. And, uh, you know, I just got in my, my first car, you know, this, this was a, a female friend, but she was, you know, she was gay. She liked other, other girls, you know, so we were just like, Hell. and, you know, she would come out, you know, occasionally and, you know, we'd hang out and she'd like sleep over, you know, we didn't do anything. We just talk, listen to music. And uh, that was when we would, you know, drink beer a little bit. And uh, one night, you know, she came out to uh, to spend the night and, uh, you know, I picked her up. We were, you know, driving back to, you know, my my parents' house. And uh, she wanted to, uh, we used to have this thing, you know, especially in the fall, this time of year, we'd say it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a good night for a Twinkie and a Coke. So we we'd stop off at a convenience store. We'd get Twinkies or Chocodiles that were out at that time, mm-hmm. and and we'd go somewhere and we we we'd talk a little bit and have our Twinkies and Coke and then, you know go wherever. So this night we we decided it was a good night for uh, you know some Twinkies and or a Chocodile and a and a Coke. And uh, we stopped at this little store by my parents' house. Went down to the churchyard, and you know we're we're sitting there. I'm on the driver's side. She's in the passenger. You know we're just talking. 
and all of a sudden, you know, I, no kidding. If she, if she was here, she, you know, she could tell you this feeling of like pure ominous evil. Like it, it almost felt like it came right down out of the sky and was hovering. Like you could feel it coming down over the roof of the car. And we both looked at each other at the same time and said simultaneously, did you feel that? And I, and I said, what the hell is that? And I, and I said, maybe I should get out and look. She's like, no, don't go out there. There's definitely something not good out there. Let's get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we ended up leaving uh, the, the churchyard and, and, and went back uh, to my parents' house. But uh, she was terrified. When she would sleep over, we would put the couch cushions on the floor. In my room, it was a, a relatively small house, and she would sleep on the floor on the, the cushions or sometimes mm-hmm. like you would. And she, she was terrified all night. She like pushed them over by the side of the bed. And she mm-hmm. was like, I you know, she's like, I don't even want to look at anything in the room in the dark. You know, it's like, what the hell was that? <laughs> you know, but, and uh, you guys were had an insulin coma from the uh, all the sugar. <laughs> well, the thing was, is we had just gotten there. I don't even think we uh, we opened our Twinkies yet. I think we were just there a few minutes. We were talking about something. And then all of a sudden, just boom, you know, you, you, just this presence, it was so heavy and so, you know, it, it just made all the hair, you know, all the hair on your body stand on end. It was, it was such a t- tangible feeling of a, just a malevolent, you know, horrible presence. So what the hell was that? I, I don't know. But that, and, that and, is you a, were in, and you were in a church uh, parking lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, the thing is, at that at that time, fast forward, you know, uh, when we were kids or a little bit older, starting to drive, um, mm-hmm. there was a, a priest in that church by the name of Father David. He was there for a long time. Was and, he a bad uh, priest? Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, you know, we've found out in recent years he's he's passed away now. One of those pedophiles or something like uh, that, sexual molesters. He was a pedophile priest. Yeah, yeah, you know. See, that, that, very curious, very good story. Good story. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're about running out of time. That was a great story, Paul. And uh, we have to come back and revisit this uh, topic with some other guests, too, who may have urban legends that we haven't heard of. And if you guys like this or you have an, ur- an urban legend that Paul or I would be interested in or you know, discussing on the air, you know, you can um, you can send uh, you know, information regarding that to Paul at nocturnalmagic.com. Is I correct with that address, Paul? Nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. At, at gmail.com. Uh, and then I'll get to Paul directly, or you can send me a comment to Stan Wangland. That's S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll check it out. Or, you know, you might want to be on the show or make a comment or pre-record something, you know, your story, and we can put it on the show. We get all kinds of things we can do with that to, to make it interesting for you and for all the other viewers. Uh, Paul, do you have any closing uh, thoughts that you have or you want to tell us what you're up to or where people can find you or what's going on? Uh, Facebook, Twitter. I also have a blog out there called the mind's eye. I, I, I just, I actually started writing on the blog again. 
<clears throat> people seem to like it. I haven't written on it in a, like a year and people still read it and email me about the blog. So I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start this up again because it was fun and people like it. So, uh, so I'm out there just putting Paul James Caden, Paul James Caden, the spirit side, uh, or the mind's eye, you'll, you'll come across my YouTube channel, my, my podcast, the blog. And uh, I, I'm doing a kind of an interesting pre-Halloween week on the spirit side. I had one on Monday called Halloween. Is it the devil's night? Because we have so many people that come out this time of year and say, don't celebrate Halloween. The devil's going to get you. So I, I talk about that a little bit, if there's any truth to any of this. And I did one that's coming out tomorrow. It'll probably be on this network uh, next week. Uh, it's called um, Preachers Who Claim to Be Ex-Satanists. Hmm. And, uh, it's it's a it, it's a little bit of a continuation. Where do we get some of these uh, superstitions and fears of demons and devils and holidays? You know, don't celebrate uh, because of these people that claim uh, they're ex Satanists and they had they belong to uh, these large uh, occult groups and they wielded mystical powers and they were going to be the Antichrist in the United States and all these fantastic stories. So if people want to look that up, uh, check out the spirit side. I think they're, uh, I think they're two very interesting shows and I'm sure I'll have another one on Friday. Kind of in the same vein. Fantastic. And, uh, if anybody wants to see, uh, you know, to reach me, I just gave you one way to reach me. I'm also on Twitter at, uh, at S Wangland on Twitter and Facebook is under Stanley Wangland. Pretty easy to find, uh, you can also listen to me on my other show called uh, Just Thinking with Stan Wangland. Uh, I usually put that out uh, five or six days a week. And uh, it had a lot of uh, really interesting shows on that. Uh, this week has been some uh, very nice shows about having a confidant, uh, about um, what things uh, Americans worry about. I, I did a show just today. It'll be out tomorrow on LeBron James. You know, the famous uh, basketball player and uh, the NBA's response to uh, China and democracy <laughs> speech uh, where it seems that nobody's really interested in the old red, white and blue. But uh, everybody sure likes brother and sister green. You know, the hey, money. You know, if uh, if LeBron is for communism, shit, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Le LeBron is in for the cash, man. <laughs> everybody everybody likes to take a knee and support everybody to take a knee when it when when you live in america but uh if uh the point of my show and if if you don't my guys don't mind me for one second on this show we're very lucky to have a country where paul and i can sit and say uh what we want and and put out what we want for the most part uh there are people that are desperately counting on us all over the world to be leaders for democracy so that they can have their freedoms. Hong Kong is one and all the people, a lot of the people in the Middle East. But it's, uh, it was rather shocking to me, but it shouldn't shock me. People worship money to see uh, people really, hey, they're all for everybody taking a knee in this country. But you have people literally battling the government in Hong Kong. And the thing is, hey, man, the Chinese are going to give me a lot of money for my endorsements. Shut the fuck up about uh, free speech, right? So it's something to think about, uh, you know, and you can think about it in a nice way, like on the spirit side and, uh, you know, with the spiritual and religious components to that where, you know, you're supposed to, to do the right thing. So 
that's for another show. We 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 get down and dirty on the spirit side sometimes too, calling out uh, some of this nonsense. And uh, you know, if uh, yeah, sometimes I get aggravated there too, and uh, you know, some colorful language may slip by, but uh, that's what the spirit side is all about. You know, be spiritual, be be good, but uh, be logical, be intelligent, and be your real self. You know, you want to say holy shit once in a while that's okay you know i don't i don't swear like a sailor but sometimes you know uh, sometimes i i uh i throw some out there and it is what well, it is <laughs> it, it is what it is but uh I, I know speaking on behalf of paul we really appreciate your support of the show and according to our producers the numbers for our show the people who listen to our show very strong following and people really enjoy the show uh, you know, we have uh, some very exciting guests coming up. Uh, you know, we uh, like to put out at least one show a week, you know, two shows if we can. Uh, you know, we have other shows and other commitments to do. And uh, we appreciate very much your support for the show. And uh, it, it's uh, very gratifying. So with that, unless Paul has something else to say, I'm just going to say to everybody out there, thanks for joining us. We'll have another great show for you next week. If you have any comments, get back to us. God bless. Be safe. And, you know, be careful out there. It's Halloween, and the hellhounds are about. That's right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The People Under the Stairs. If you would like to reach out to the host of this show, please feel free to email Paul at nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. That's nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. And if you would like to reach out to Stan, please feel free to go over to his Twitter page and give him a follow at S. Wanglin. That's at S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D. Or feel free to email him at swangland at gmail.com. That's at swangland at gmail.com. And please continue to check out all the new episodes of The People Under the Stairs every Wednesday and every Sunday on the Reality Check Podcast Network. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms. Are you interested in spirituality and the paranormal? Do you enjoy having conversations about social issues and current events with a balanced and spiritual perspective? Are you intrigued by ancient prophecies and mysteries of the past or just unraveling modern-day conspiracy theories? If so, I would like to invite you to come on a journey with me on my show, The Spirit Side, available on all the major podcast platforms. I'm Paul James Caden, and I hope to see you there.